0: How has deception technology evolved, and what's the best way to determine if it makes sense for your organization to invest in it? Hi, this is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group, and today I'm talking about deception technologies with Anton Chuvakin, a research vice president at Gartner. Thanks so much for joining us today, Anton. Thank you. Now, you co wrote a while back a report for Gartner that said deception technology is a viable option to improve threat detection and response capabilities. So what makes it viable, and how has the technology improved in the past year or two? For example, does it generally leverage artificial intelligence now?
1: Now, with your AI mentioned, you certainly you know you know how to rile people up for sure. So I'm going to start from the end. Now, I'm not a big fan of AI, and I don't mean to say that I'm not a fan of using AI. I'm not a fan of believing that AI actually exists. I would say that we... we Uh, using techniques from the field of AI, of course machine learning being one of them, but I don't think that necessarily using AI is a good turn of phrase nowadays because we don't really have it. In any case, um, the deception vendors do use some of the advanced analytics techniques, including machine learning, for some things like learning the environment so they can automatically craft the deceptions. Because the idea is that deception tools built the environment or maybe parts of the environment, so when the attacker shows up, he's not sure which are real targets, business assets, and which are the deception decoys and other artifacts. So believability of deception is kind of a big deal. And if you rely on human experts to build believable deceptions, then the technology would only be used by the true elites, by the top, you know, 0.1%, and not by the mainstream organizations. So the vendors of deception tech do use machine learning to essentially absorb the environment, figure out your naming schemes, your users, your, uh, your production assets, so that they can then cook the fake assets, fake connections, fake IP addresses, fake names, fake whatever else, to mimic the real environment. So it's been kind of exciting to watch how it develops, because the very few deception technologists assumed that somebody would craft the deceptions. But later on, they started automating that. And this is where I've seen the techniques from the field of AI, primarily machine learning, being used. Progress in other areas, I would say there was progress, but at the same time, it remains a bit of a niche. It, it isn't something that's gonna be adopted at the same scale as, say, antivirus and firewalls, or even uh, log analysis and sim. I would say deception remains a niche, but it's a growing niche with a lot of very, avid fans of using this approach.
0: How can organizations use deception technology to detect lateral threat movement? And why is that so important, do you think?
1: I would say that the use case we observed in, in when we were asking clients and, 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 and other reference reference organizations on their use of deception tools, detecting what the attacker does inside the environment did came up uh, quite a bit. I would say that lateral is one example of, of something that obviously came up very often. It isn't just lateral, uh, and by the way, of course we can throw the terms like the best of them, but when we say lateral movement, we typically mean the attacker who already got inside the environment, such as by compromising a PC, is trying to get from that PC in your environment to maybe a server from where they can jump to a database of critical data. So this is a lateral, the term meaning, attacker moving from one, compromised machine inside your organization to another machine inside your organization. So detecting lateral is important because if somebody gets in and he hacks a PC, and of course it's very easy to compromise a single PC, uh, the attacker would want to spread to his actual target, stealing data, sabotage, crypto mining, whatever that may be. And you can detect them doing that because there would be a network connection of some sort, and, and it may look very legitimate, and it may not look very suspicious at all, but it would be something that perhaps the user, the legitimate user of this machine never does. Now the reason deception shines for detecting lateral is that the attacker who just showed up and just broke into your environment, he's kinda new there, of course, well, he just broke in, and he doesn't know how things are around him. So he may be attempting to find the juicy targets or perhaps find the next hop. And this is where the attacker, well, I would say the attacker is more vulnerable to the deception because if he sees that many machines often connect to system X, he would say, hey, I should probably go explore X. But what if the connectivity records are fake and they're injected there by a deception tool? You can actually give this attacker a bunch of hints that you should, hey, you should go explore these machines. And he goes there and of course he's detected because nobody legitimate should follow that trail. The trail was planted for the attacker. So this is why de- deception is kind of an effective and fairly, fairly reliable way to detect lateral. Because think about the alternatives. The alternative would be to do some kind of anomaly detection on all the connections from all the users, legitimate and otherwise, and say, hey, this looks a little bit different. Perhaps that's an attacker. And then it would be a very noisy signal for deception. If you spread those little breadcrumbs, as the vendors say, and somebody picks on them and then follows the lead to a machine, typically to a decoy, that's an attacker. So deception gives us a very crisp signal with almost no noise. Well, with low noise, let me be honest here, uh, for detecting lateral movement by an attacker. And that's where it shines.
0: So can this technology play a role in the fight against ransomware?
1: This is... uh, An interesting question, because uh, with ransomware, of course, ransomware is not trying to hide. Ransomware, well, it's trying to hide until a certain point, at which point it announces itself and says, hey, I'm ransomware, give me the money. So I wouldn't call ransomware a stealthy threat, kind of by definition, right? It needs to ask for money. However, ransomware may be doing some things before it's ready to ask for money, because hey, it needs to be encrypting stuff. Admittedly, you also need to act very fast. Many organizations got hit by ransomware encrypting not just a PC, but by reaching out from the PC, from compromised PC to network shares, and then essentially encrypting network shares. That's a nightmare scenario. Where ransomware that just hoses one PC. I mean, it's kind of sad, but you probably have good backups, do you? Well, in any case, if you don't have backups, that's a different problem. So assume you have backups for PCs, or perhaps they're replaceable. But if all your network shares are encrypted you're in trouble. So deception tech has been used to catch ransomware when ransomware is trying to do something on the internal LAN, on the network. Essentially, it kind of moves laterally as well from a compromised machine to network shares and tries to encrypt the data. If you can draw them that in, or maybe like trigger when they try to encrypt files on the decoy, on the deception system, you can signal. The downside to that, is that you have to act really fast. Because you're not gonna tell somebody, hey, ransomware was trying to encrypt something last night. Because you know if you had encryption activity last night, by now you probably would have a ransom demand. So deception has been used to inform the security people about ransomware and tell them, hey, you have ransomware, but they need to respond fast. And this type of automated response has been less common. So I would say deception is valuable in detecting ransomware but it's kind of on you to act quickly and some of the vendors have been using deception to essentially create juicy targets for the ransomware to encrypt and they hope now that's the word hope here that the ransomware would touch the juicy prepared targets before it touches the production assets now in this case you can detect it before it causes real damage and hopefully stop it but in regards of stopping You're kind of on your own.
0: Okay. So what key factors do organizations need to weigh when making the decision on whether to invest in deception technology? And uh, what are the keys to getting the most out of that investment? This is another one that's
1: probably very hard to answer because uh, when we were doing the research, we tried to figure out whether customers have looked at alternatives to deception before they decided. And admittedly, some people did not. They, they've they heard deception is cool, they've heard that there's a new cutting thing to have, it's one of the top 10 technologies that we announced for some year, and they just bought it. So comparative analysis of deception against alternative approaches isn't something that many people have done. Some have, for sure, and we've spoken to those. But in some cases, people don't evaluate deception versus, say, traditional way, namely, get all the data together, analyze it, come up with some insights, act on them. So to me, the deception is sort of an alternative to these traditional machine analytical approaches. People, some people call it big data, but it's not necessarily big. The point is that you collect all the data and then use algorithms, machine learning, statistics, rules to extract insights. Or you can sort of throw things out, and if somebody touches them, you don't need to analyze anything you already have the clear signal. So that to me is the type of thinking that needs to happen. Would you prefer to do data analysis at scale and perhaps extract some things? Or would you prefer to not do any data analysis but hope that the attacker would trip on the the decoys? And of course large enterprises will use both. That's not a debate and I've spoken to one that had a pretty elaborate operation using deception and analytics together. Now back to the original point about the factors we noticed that some of the deception technologies are deployed with much less overhead and friction compared to say all the analytical tech that would crunch all the data. Specifically, if I spread around some breadcrumbs, I put a couple of decoys and anybody who touches them is essentially malicious. Well, not everybody, but most people, most most systems that touch these artifacts are likely up to no good. So it's kind of crisper and cleaner signal that sometimes if you evaluate deception versus say analytics, you may end up choosing deception because it's less work for you. This has been um, shown up as a trend in our discussion. We called it informally using deception as a better IDS, better intrusion detection system with CRISPR signal. Beyond that, if you're really trying to deceive an attacker and kind of actively engage with an attacker, this is something for for the literati, this is something for the advanced organization with a fair knowledge about threat intel and, and what sort of attackers you'd face. Because hey, if you're planning to deceive somebody, would you at least care to know what they want, what their interests are, what their capabilities are? The uh, funny story, as I aside, uh, one of the one of the consultants told us that they did a penetration test, and when they penetrated the the client on under contract, they immediately saw deception decoys. At which point I said, hey aren't those supposed to be stealthy? How come you as a pen tester immediately noticed that the customer deployed deception tech? Deception is supposed to be kind of deceiving. And um, the their, their client said, actually, we only care to deceive people who don't care that they're being deceived, essentially the low end attacker. In this case, sure, any technology can work. But if you're trying to deceive a targeted attacker, it is certainly not for the masses. It's, some, it's, it's for somebody who have a so, solid threat intelligence operation and who really understands his threats down to the details. So I would say on the lower end, you can deploy deception tech as an easy low noise dis- detection, but at the higher end, where you wanna engage with an attacker, you have a long, long list of prerequisites that I wouldn't really list here because they involve having a SOC, having a threat and tell team, having a solid incident response program, and many other large enterprise security capabilities.
0: So is there anything we can learn from organizations that have been early adopters of the technology? Um, Lessons learned there?
1: I would say I would split it towards by by maturity, and I am kind of a big fan of looking at enterprise security operations maturity. Uh, We have to before we give advice to clients. So, I would say if I look at more mainstream organizations with relatively low security operations maturity, I would say we see deception as being as useful as sort of easier detection. Easier, easier detection because of this good signal syndrome that I mentioned. It has crisp signal if an attacker touches something. It wouldn't be a full replacement for other detection tech because, well, the attacker may just not be deceived and then go directly to the production asset and hack it and essentially bypass the detection deception controls Uh, still i would say that there's value on the lower end as well for this type of easier detection now on the higher end we've noticed people experiment with plenty of deception approaches uh, but most of them do rely on knowing your threats Uh, and uh, to me the lesson learned is that if you're trying to deceive somebody who is a targeted threat actor who is out to get you in particular you need to invest first in understanding learning and learning more about them and then trying to deploy deception tech otherwise it would be essentially a toy the attacker would not be deceived i've spoken to a large bank once that uh, planning their deception campaigns in a very painstaking level of details they truly get who their attackers are, which is kind of scary to some extent, because they've been doing a lot of intelligence on their attackers. They're kind of studying their attackers in depth. And of course, they're ready to deceive them. But this is something that perhaps only a Fortune 10 organization can do. It's something that is very top tier. Uh, on the lower end, you can use it as an easier, cheaper detection mechanism that is just gives you clean signal.
0: Okay, to wrap things up, uh, do CISOs and their teams need to develop any special skills to enable them to roll out such technology effectively? And um, how should CISOs determine whether to outsource the implementation? Is that ever appropriate?
1: I would say the most, again, at the lower end, uh, there are no particular skills that are needed. In fact, as I said, they require fewer analysis skills. Uh, compared to other technologies. Uh, At the higher end, I would say the skills relate to threat intelligence and sort of threat assessment type skills. Before you can craft good deceptions, you have to understand who you're deceiving and how. Uh, Sure, as I mentioned in the very beginning, then there's analytics, uh, machine learning that learns the environment, can help you craft good good deception infrastructure. But think about this. If you're trying to deceive an attacker with a document, Maybe some kind of a merger and acquisition or financial data. You have to create it yourself, a human has to create it, and that human has to create it, and the human who creates it needs to know the technology, the business, and the threats. It's a very rare skill set, the combination of somebody who understands security technology, threats, and the business. It's a pretty esoteric combination of talent. So at the higher end, you would need to nurture this, otherwise it would be a low value deception. In all honesty, back to outsourcing a little bit. I haven't really seen much of outsourced deceptions. When we when we did the research, I think it was about a year ago, we did tech talk to a couple of MSSPs. We did talk to a couple of MSSPs about using deception, and they've been they wanted to offer it to clients as sort of managed deception effort. In all honesty, I haven't heard how these efforts are progressing. We don't really have that many clients calling us with questions about these. So perhaps they're still alive, but I'm not sure. To be honest, if somebody calls me about options for outsource deception, I would not sure where to send them. Probably to a vendor who has uh, MSS partners. Uh, in all honesty, I'd rather not talk about vendor names in this podcast, but there are some deception vendors who have MSSD partners. Presumably, those do outsource deception, but it is not something very common.
0: Okay, thanks very much. I've been speaking today with Anton Chubakhin of Gartner for Information Security Media Group. I'm Howard Anderson. Thanks very much for listening.